The Craig Folly Show on Deadline Detroit is made possible in part by Univox Business Phones. Keep your business running from anywhere. We're here to help with custom promotions and solutions tailored to your needs. That's Univox Business Phones. Hey everyone, happy Monday. Welcome to the Craig Folly Show on Deadline Detroit. Glad to have you with me today. And uh, hopefully you are staying home, staying safe, all of that good stuff. I realize it's a difficult time. It's a little stressful for everybody. But it's time we start thinking about some of those folks who are out there risking uh, their health, their safety, even their lives to make sure that the rest of us get through this pandemic okay. And that is our first responders. What can we do to help out? A lot of us want to do something. We're not exactly sure what to do. Well, a good friend of the program is actually taking some time to create a website and a clearinghouse of information that will help you make good decisions on what you can do to be as as effective as possible in, in helping those people who are doing so much to help us right now. Paul Eisenstein of the DetroitBureau.com is going to be joining us to talk about Neighbors That Care, NeighborsThatCare.com, coming up on The Craig Folly Show on Deadline Detroit. The Craig Folly Show on Deadline Detroit is made possible in part by Samaritas, the state's largest private foster care and adoption agency. However, Samaritas also provides a number of other services around the state. They are one of the largest refugee resettlement agencies in Michigan. They serve homeless families, persons with disabilities, abused and trafficked women. They also provide market rate and affordable housing for seniors and HUD housing for families and also have skilled nursing, memory care and rehab communities in Grand Rapids, Cadillac and Saginaw. Samaritas, we thank them for their support here at Deadline Detroit. Hey, Craig here. Thanks for checking out the Craig Folly Show on Deadline Detroit on this Monday. I certainly do appreciate it, and hopefully you are staying home and staying safe. And as as much as this may be an inconvenience to some of you, and I'm seeing a lot of grumbling online for people who are feeling stir-crazy and fed up, well, keep in mind, there are a whole lot of people that don't have the option to stay home and stay safe. They are our first responders. They are out there working every single day to ensure that the rest of us are safe and are able to emerge from this. Uh, in a a better place. Uh, They do not have that option. And the interesting thing about this, and when you think about it, you start thinking about what you might be able to do to help. Well, there are a lot of options out there, but are they coordinated in a very good way? Are they set up in a way that makes it easy to understand? Well, that's something my next guest has been working on over the last few weeks. And of course, you know him from this program. His name is Paul Eisenstein. He is the publisher of thedetroitbureau.com. He is a frequent guest on this program, but he has taken on a new job these last few days. And that is starting up a new nonprofit organization called Neighbors That Care, neighborsthatcare.com. Paul is my guest right now. Welcome, sir. It's a pleasure to have you here. Great to be with you. Well, and and I have to ask you, I mean, we'll we'll get into exactly what it is uh, in just a moment, but I do want to talk about why you decided that this was something you needed to take on. I mean, you know, we are all scrambling to figure out our own issues. Why did you decide that you needed to take on some other people's uh, problems and try to solve it? Well, first of all, let's look why people in general are looking to do something. Uh, If you go back historically, we've we've often tried to help the people who are on the front lines of America's wars. Typically, they're soldiers, and we do things for them, whether it's uh, assisting them with food and housing and things like that when they need it, or simply giving them a claim. Well, we have a different type of warrior, if you will, today. The first responders, nurses, doctors, clinicians, 
emergency medical services, uh, you know, the, the ambulance drivers, uh, police and firefighters. These folks are putting their lives at risk. Last week, you may recall, Craig, there was a story out by uh, both the free press and news talking about how many of these people working for a couple of the major hospitals, including Henry Ford and Beaumont, are already sick. I have a friend not, uh, not far from where I live over in Pleasant Ridge who is basically saying that if they're lucky, they may live through this, but they're not sure. In fact, you could say that for probably almost all of the first responders. Many of them will get sick. Perhaps more of them will be wounded by this battle than we see in the typical war, and many of them will die. And we need to not only acknowledge with, you know, with these blue ribbons and blue lights, but we need to help them out because they're working six and seven days a week, many on double shifts. They're barely getting enough time to sleep. Many of them are eating badly because they don't have the time to go shopping. They don't have the time to go cook. I know people uh, who are doing nothing more than eating cliff bars or the like uh, for half of their meals. That's unacceptable. Well, and, and keep in mind, too, that a lot of these people have families of their own that they're not even able to see or interact with at this point in time because they have to be quarantined when they're not in the hospitals. Uh, and again, coordinating uh, their needs uh, for their own families can be incredibly difficult at this time. Uh, but, you know, Neighbors That Care exactly. is designed to sort of address this, not directly per se. You're not going to be basically putting together baskets and, and, and doing shopping for people, but you are basically trying to create a clearinghouse for information so people can help with yep. those sorts of efforts, correct? Yes. Uh, and a little background on it. I live, as I mentioned, in a little town, Pleasant Ridge, which for those who don't know where it is, it's, it's uh, the, the town that has a sign that says hello and goodbye. Uh, because we're so small, we're between Ferndale and Royal Oak, uh, straddling Woodward Avenue. And the, the town has a very high percentage of first responders. These folks are friends and neighbors and family, and we want to take care of them. So the, the, original, the original idea came up when my wife and I said, how can we help these folks out? And we approached, we're lucky, uh, our 501c3, the Pleasant Ridge Foundation, and said, how about we take some steps? And the, the board members, my wife is vice president, agreed. What we're doing is pulling together baskets of food. We have a CDC certified uh, bakery that provides more than just baked goods. They also do other, other foods. And they will this week start delivering, uh, delivering baskets to first responders in the town. And we'll continue doing that over the coming weeks. Uh, and by the way, if anybody would like to donate to that, they can go to the pleasantridgefoundation.org. PleasantRidgeFoundation.org. Okay, so we had that idea. And I, I, I realized that that's great. We're a fairly close, tight-knit community. Uh, we, we can do something like this. But there are a lot of other communities where they may not have a foundation or something. Yet they do have other groups and organizations that they could step in. And we want to encourage them to do that. So step one with Neighbors That Care was to put together a website and some ideas on how 
you in your community can help. Uh, maybe, maybe you can do it through City Hall. Maybe you do it through the Rotaries or Elks or Masons or whatever other organizations in town. Maybe you do it because you have a block group. It doesn't matter. If you have any form of organization, I don't care if it's a book club or a garden club, you can create a, a, a first responders assistance program. And that's what we're trying to help do. So we have guidance on there on the type of things to do or not to do. And we're going to be adding more information. In fact, I have a, an, a, a group of volunteers, and Craig, thank you for being one of them, who will be helping us this, this coming week and beyond to find out what resources are available. Uh, we've heard Domino's and uh, Little Caesars, for example, offering to deliver pizzas to first responders. And uh, I know one of our neighbors in Pleasant Ridge delivered pizzas from his store to the Detroit Medical uh, DMC, and so on. So there are lots of things we can do, and we're going to be a clearinghouse to help people figure out how to service, how to support their community responders. Well, and it also seems that this is important in, in bringing some organization to all of this because uh, there are so many sort of uh, efforts going on out there, but there isn't a ton of coordination. Uh, you're not raising money. It seems more like you're worried about the organization of this and making sure that we're utilizing these resources in an effective way. Well, what we're trying to do is get people to organize. And so many people do belong to some sort of organization. Uh, it, it, again, it may be a small political group. It may be you are, are members of, as I said, a book club, a garden club, uh, a community a watch organization. It doesn't really matter. If you belong to some organization, it's very easy. Call, email, Zoom, do whatever you can. Contact other people out there and say, hey, Let's reach out and help. Now, the, one of the easiest ways is to put together gift baskets. And uh, there are some things that you shouldn't do. For example, we'd recommend against having somebody in the group cook in their own kitchen uh, for all the same reasons that you're not, uh, you're not connecting with people personally. Uh, unless you have a CDC certified kitchen and you go through all sorts of steps, uh, there are risks in cooking it yourself. But we found as we reached out uh, from my town, Pleasant Bridge, there are neighbors who work at bakeries or restaurants and who are very willing to assist uh, the, the organization, uh, uh, we, we're using a, a bakery called Ackroyd's. Uh, the manager is a Pleasant Ridge uh, resident and, and thanks to them. And I really want to give Accords a shout out, but they're doing us very well. I'll leave it at that. They're doing us very well in putting this together. They're going to do the cooking. They're going to do the uh, baskets and they're going to deliver them. And I can all but guarantee you that somebody in whatever group you belong to can help reach out to a restaurant or a grocery store or something else. And if you don't have money, there's other things you can do, Craig. Uh, if, if, if possible, get the kids in your, in your group to mow the lawns or do something else that can help these responders. Uh, there, there are a lot of ways you can help ease up the pressures they feel on their life. 
Well, Paul, I, I mean, I love the fact, you know, this, this, there's that old phrase that says, think globally, act locally, uh, that's been around for a long time. It seems to be particularly fitting in this instance. Uh, you started this out as something in your hometown, Pleasant Ridge. Um, there does seem to be that, that community connection that can lead people to think differently about these sorts of things. Uh, it, it puts it into context, I guess, a little bit. And was that important when you were trying to get this sorted out that you do get people to start thinking about just their neighborhood as opposed to uh, the world at large at this point? Well, I'm glad to see that there are people thinking both ways. Uh, there are corporations like uh, Domino's and Little Caesars, and I've heard Costco is doing things. Uh, in some cases, I think uh, you'll find that Companies like Costco are doing things both at a uh, national level and at a local level. Uh, I, I hear different things from different stores, such as creating uh, early hours that, that seniors can go into. And I've heard that at least one or two of their superstores, their, their warehouses, are letting people, first responders, cut the line. You, you know, if they show up, uh, they, they show their ID as a first responder, and they don't have to wait and sometimes blocks long lines to get into the store or to get up to the cash register. So uh, there, there are all sorts of things that can be done on a national level and that are being done and need to be done at a local level. You're right. It is a bit of think global and act local that, that we're trying to encourage. And by the way, uh, I know that some of the folks that are listening do work at, at places that can also step in, companies that can step in. Uh, if you're running a restaurant, think about reaching out to some of your local first responders or seeing if there is a, uh, a, a local organization that you or some of your staff work for uh, that you can help out. Uh, offer, offer again, offer to deliver meals at a discount or if, if you can, and I know it's a strain on everybody now, but if you can for free to first responders. So everybody has some way they can step in and and help out these people they are literally dying for us paul eisenstein my guest right now you usually hear him on the program talking about the automotive industry as of course the founder and publisher of the detroit bureau.com but today we are talking about a new endeavor that he has embarked upon with his wife called neighbors that care neighbors that is the website uh, a number of other people getting involved in this as we try to organize it over the next few days well i mean you know you're not raising money as part of this that's a that's a key component this is more about again getting people involved in finding ways to coordinate sort of those efforts. Uh, why was that important to not sort of start raising money for this sort of thing? Well, for one thing, we don't want to try to become uh, a, a, uh, a, we don't want to be the local activist delivering food baskets or the like. If we were to raise money, it would be to deal with specific neighborhood projects. And that's not what we're doing. We're trying to get other folks to set up projects in their own neighborhood. Uh, and, and there's also a logistical thing, to set up something that would be uh, meet the legal standards of a 501c3 or some other form of charitable organization probably would have taken too long, Craig. And sure. we wanted to start right away. Uh, Six months down the road, uh, you know, if, if, if we find this project works and that there are other things that we could step in and do something similar to, uh, who knows where we go. But we are basically seeing Neighbors That Care as a short-term response. Our primary goal is 
to focus on first responders in the pandemic. Well, and interestingly enough, Paul, I mean, this is something that is is going to last beyond just the pandemic in that, uh, you know, the healthcare industry is is going to be dramatically altered as a result of this. You, yeah. you know, we are seeing a number of people get sick. I wouldn't be shocked if we saw a lot of people leave the profession after this because this is stressful stuff. Uh, it's scary. Not everybody is cut out to do this kind of work. Uh, you know, this could be something that supports uh, the healthcare industry and first responders uh, well into the future. Yeah, it very definitely could. Uh, so we'll, we'll talk again, Craig. Let's see where we go in two, three, four months. Uh, I don't know exactly where we're going, but I don't really care about what happens four months now. We have to be thinking short term. Yeah. All right. A little bit of an eye towards where we could go in the future. But right now, the most important thing for me is getting that message out to everybody I can find a way to reach out to support your first responders. Yes. Put up the blue lights in your, in your, uh, in your garden, uh, tie blue bandanas around on trees. Uh, if you know people, call them up, send them email, do whatever you can to let them know how much you appreciate it. But let's also take direct action to ease the challenges they face. Find a way. If you have first responders and, and they're comfortable with you doing some of the shopping for them, do it for them. If, if you can get food for them and do it such in a safe way, do it for them. If you can mow their lawn, do it for them take steps that are practical, that ease the burden of life for people who are probably working double shifts six and seven days a week, and sadly, many of whom know that they are going to become infected, and some of them are going to die. Yeah, it's a sobering, sobering message when you think about it. Uh, the website is neighborsthatcare.com. Uh, we will be working over the next several days to populate this site with more information. Uh, that's what we are going to be doing. And Paul, I mean, uh, really, this, is, this has been happening very, very quickly. Uh, this site is going to change dramatically over the next couple of days, I'm assuming. Yeah, I think we have some very good information up on the site right now that can get people thinking about what they can do. I don't want people to have to wait till, you know, uh, three, five, seven days uh, coming to it. I want people to get there right now and just look. We'd like to hear back. We want to get your thoughts. Uh, frankly, we'd uh, be appreciative if other people come on board and say they would, uh, they'd be uh, offer, they'd offer to volunteer because the reality is I, I can only ask for so many hours from people like you, Craig, and other folks uh, who, who may be able to put in a couple hours here and a couple hours there. Uh, there's a lot of resources. There are plenty of resources around the country from what I'm hearing about. Uh, I'll give a call out to another group locally that I've heard about. I have not connected with them yet, and that's one of my goals in the next day or so, uh, a group called FLAG, uh, which is reaching out also to uh, first responders. I'm very pleased to hear that. Uh, we are not in competition. We are in cooperation with any group out there. So anybody out who's listening to this, who hears about other things, please reach out. Let us know what your group is doing. Uh, we'd love to have other examples beyond what we've done in Pleasant Ridge. Uh, we want to hear about responders in need and so on. And we will continue to add more features uh, as needed and as our resources allow. 
All right. Well, Paul, we certainly appreciate your time and the effort that you're putting into this and your wife as well. And, uh, you know, we look forward to helping any way that we can. Uh, again, the site is neighborsthatcare.com. As Paul mentioned, if there's something going on in your neighborhood or some organization that you're part of that is doing something, let us know. There's a contact us button right at the top of the page. You can send your information and what's going on. And we'll be happy to include uh, those, those links and, and information for people that are looking to help in their neighborhood. Paul, we'll talk again soon. Thank you. Hey, thanks. It's great to be with you. And Craig, let me give one more call out real quickly Please do. To, Michael, to Michael Strong and his son, Brendan, who uh, they designed the website and they need to get credit. And Michael, who is uh, like me, struggling a little bit under, under the uh, current situation where a lot of freelance work has gone away. Uh, the fact that he's volunteered his time is special and he needs to be called out. And thank you, Craig. And thank you to all of the other volunteers who will be coming on board. This is just wonderful. All right. Well, we always appreciate having you on the show soon. And hopefully, or hopefully, uh, we'll be talking uh, again about the industry soon rather than, uh, than what we need to do to save our first responders. But uh, this is the immediate need. And this is what we're going to work on. So we appreciate you, sir. Thank you. Thank you. Again, Paul Eisenstein is the publisher of the DetroitBureau.com, but today he is here for NeighborsThatCare.com. We certainly do appreciate his effort, and uh, I'm getting involved in this as well because it seems like it's a good thing to do while I have a little time on my hands. And if you would like more information, again, NeighborsThatCare.com. Uh, help us out. We're trying to gather some information about what people are doing out there. And if you have one of those groups, please do not hesitate to let us know what you're up to. Uh, we'd love to let people know and uh, find ways that they can help. Thanks for listening to the program today. I certainly do appreciate it. Don't forget, you can send me emails as well, Show at gmail.com. You can find me on all the social media channels. It's not hard to do. I appreciate everything that everybody is doing. I appreciate the fact that you are listening to this program. It's wonderful to hear, and uh, the numbers are going uh, in the right direction. I appreciate that very, very much, and it does help a lot. Thanks for listening today, folks. We'll be back soon. The Craig Folly Show is made possible in part by Deadline Detroit. Deadline Detroit has some of the best journalists in the city. We're asking you to support independent local journalism by joining our $3 a month membership. By joining, you become eligible to win prizes, including tickets for sporting events and gift cards to some of Detroit's best restaurants. Just go to our website and click the ad at the top or go to www.deadlinedetroit.com membership.